This is Ashley, and this is School in Life, a weekly podcast about life, love, and occasionally libations. This week at Mentor Moment, I want to talk project management. Project management is one of the core principles that I teach in my Mentor Me Mastermind, a six-month executive coaching experience for mid- and senior-level women. If you are a professional woman who has at least three years of professional working experience and are in a mid-level role, like a coordinator, an assistant director, an associate director, a mid-level manager, but you want to move to senior level, higher paying, higher paying roles, the Mentor Me Mastermind and learning about project management is for you. In the Mastermind, there's a whole session around project management and how to leverage project management principles to secure roles in project management or to leverage project management principles to position yourself as a top performer in your organization. It feels like over the last three to five years, project management has been a growing and a really developing sub-industry of a lot of different larger industries. They have project management in healthcare. There's project managers in education. There's project managers in tech. There's project managers in almost every industry. And understanding project management and how it can be used to grow and advance your career is critical. In the Mentor Me Mastermind, I teach you about project management, the core principles, how to leverage project management to advance your career, as well as how how to begin to grow project management strategies in your current career, even if you aren't in a project management role. So if that is support that you know you need, maybe you know a little bit about project management and you want to learn more, or maybe you don't know nothing about project management, but you've heard the term before and you feel like you need to be more knowledgeable about the industry, or maybe you're working in a project management role now, but it's a low level, low paying role, and you actually want to grow your career in project management. If any of those apply to you, then I invite you to join the Mentor Me Mastermind this month in October. I'm accepting mentees all month. There are eight slots available in the October cohort, and I invite you to schedule a call with me today so we can learn more about what's going on in your career right now, how I can best support you in advancing your career, and how we can do that using principles like project management, one of the core industries that employers have said are critical to their highest paid, highest performing employees to help you get to the next level. So if you know that you need to learn more about project management to advance your career, I invite you to take the next step. And that next step is to schedule a call with me. You can do so right on my website at mentor-me.org. That's M-E-N-T-O-R-me.org. I look forward to talking with you later this week. Next up, and I digress, we're talking the five habits of long-term successful couples. I found this slide deck of habits of long-term successful couples. It was produced by Dimple Punajab. She is a lifelong learner who positions herself as a professional who shares tools for well-being and self-empowerment. I follow her work on Instagram and I was really caught by this post because I thought that it was really interesting. And I thought it had some new perspectives that I hadn't considered yet about like habits of long-term successful relationships. And I wanted to invite my partner, my husband, Andre, onto the show to talk about how he views and I guess how we as a couple view these five habits of long-term successful couples. Andre and I have been together for, I guess, three years, uh, three, yeah, three years. So I don't know if folks consider that a long-term couple, but we do feel like we have a really successful and healthy relationship. And we really love talking about our relationship and being really transparent about our relationship. And I think that these five habits of long-term successful couples helped us kind of do some introspection in our own conversations about what's working for us, what's not, if we think these are true, if we think they're valuable. And I was so excited. I've had Andre on the show before, but I think this is the first time since we've been married. And so I'm really excited to welcome him on the show. Thanks for being here, honey. Thank you for having me. 
Yes, I am so thrilled that you are here and I'm excited to dive into this conversation. So the first habit of long-term successful relationships is they've learned how to fight. They know each other's triggers and have learned each other's fight languages. What makes the other person engage in conflict? They've learned how to express themselves in healthy ways that are more helpful than hurtful during a fight or an argument. So I guess the first question I would ask is, do we know how to fight? I think we know how to fight now as a couple Mm -hmm. and fight against the thing that is really driving pain between us. Yeah. I think this one is really important because I think individually we learn how to fight based off of what we've seen before, whether Mm -hmm. it's with our parents, grandparents, or in the community. And so our understanding of of fighting and defense is really to defend ourselves individually. But when you come together with a person, like you're defending your coupleship, right? Against whatever it is. And so I think in our counseling, of course, (laughs) our life (laughs) as well, I think we learn and develop a a way of understanding of how to actually argue with each other, yeah, argue and, and communicate in general with each other, like through the painful things as well, or just the aggy stuff, right? Yeah. You know, you get on my nerves, I'm getting on your nerves, like knowing how to communicate that with each other. I think we've done a good job. Yeah. And I would agree. Like our premarital counseling was intense. I think we were in premarital counseling for like six months or something. Like we took it very seriously. We were in premarital counseling every week or every other week for like six months before we got married. And and I feel like we learned to fight there. And I think that we've learned how to better fight like over time. It says know each other's triggers. So for me, I'm definitely like the person you know, if we disagree, I want to talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's dissect it. Let's discuss it. Like, let's go in where you're just like, you know, we don't have to talk about it. Never mind. I'm I'm fine. You know what I'm saying? And I think that we both had to change. Maybe I need to give you more space. You have to be, maybe be willing to hash something out, whether you maybe have previously preferred to just like drop it or let it, you know, roll off your back or whatever. Also, some of our practices, our individual practices really allow for anger to fester. We mm. thought we were like, you know, oh, I'm good. Or, you know, I know how to get myself to calm down. We really and truly, you know how to get yourself amped up even Mm. more right and so I think we learn how to actually communicate through that anger communicate our anger towards not anger towards the situation but with each other like and this is why it's upsetting me yeah that's good that's good all right let's go on to the next one so the next one is they forgive each other without keeping score so this one says they know that people who love each other can hurt each other and practice forgiveness without keeping score or reminding their partners of their failings. Example, if you're good at this one, you would not say things like, you forgot my birthday last year, or you messed up with X and I let it go. You forgive each other without keeping score. Is this something that you think that we are good at? I think we're good at forgiving each other. We're quick to forgiveness. We're quick to finding resolve to something. But I don't think that, you know, we don't think about, uh, subconsciously think about the number of times that somebody's messed up or hurt you, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's a very natural thing. I think it becomes a problem when you're always bringing up the tally sheet or, you know, or the docket. But, you know, there's a little subconscious part of Dre that just file cabinet opens up. Like, (laughs) this is the 50th time we're talking about this thing. But yeah, I think we're doing the best we can with the tools that we have. And I just think it's natural that those tally sheets come up, but I think it's how you use it, right? Mm -hmm. But I think we're very quick to go towards forgiveness, to find resolution. Yeah, and you're quicker than me. Like that's something I've actually learned from you. Like you are very quick to forgive. You'll forgive me before I even say I'm sorry. You'll be like, I forgive. I want you to know that you're forgiven. And I'm just, I'm still mad. (laughs) 
because I'm God's child. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm trying to go, trying to see the pearly gates. Okay, listen, you be quick to forgive, and like that's something I've learned from you. I wouldn't say that I hold grudges, but I definitely will like dwell on things. Sometimes I simmer. Like I'm trying to calm myself down. I'm like, okay, calm down. It's gonna be okay. Calm down, calm down. And then I'm not calm, and so like it's festering, 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 and I'm trying to calm down, but I'm still mad. And then I like blow up or whatever, but like you are very quick to forgiveness. And I agree that we do a good job of not keeping score, but believing in reciprocity. So I feel like Mm -hmm. we don't keep score, but I do think that we see what the other person is doing. And we're like mindful of that and mindful of the reciprocity that's required for our relationship to be successful. And I think I'm very big on reciprocity. And so I think hopefully that's something maybe you've learned from me. Mm -hmm. All right, next one. They say thank you and sorry easily and often. They pay attention to and frequently acknowledge their partner's contribution in their own life. They give genuine compliments and have no hangups about apologizing when they're at fault. I definitely think this is something that we had to grow into and had to learn because we both work in the education profession, which is a thankless profession. So shout out to all the educators out there. You know, we understand that you're in a thankless profession as well. They they take and take and take, but very rarely say thank you, except for that one day they want to give you an apple and tell you you mean the world to them. (laughs) Yes, I think we had to grow into this and saying thank you a lot because I thought we naturally, you know you paid the bills. Like, it's like, okay, what am I thanking you for? You paid the bills. You got to live. Like, you know, I gave you the money. You didn't say, thank you for giving me the money. Like, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I think we do, we definitely become better at that because thank you does goes a long way. And I do think in being in a thankless marriage, resentment could settle yeah. in some places. Like people naturally think that you're doing things when really that may not be your natural MO. Your MO is to like, please them in the partnership. And a part of that was like, you know, thank you. I, I see you doing that. I really appreciate that. Yeah. I was raised in a household where manners were really important. So saying thank you often comes naturally to me. And I feel like I've gotten better at like recognizing when you're trying or recognizing when you're putting in the effort and like that idea of paying attention to and frequently acknowledging your partner's contribution to their own life or to your life, I think is really important. And that's a place where like I've grown, like you'll constantly find me telling Andre, oh, I really appreciate you. He's big on household things. He buys all the toothpaste. He buys all the soap. He, he does that kind of stuff. And I don't even think about that. It's just always there, but I've learned to be like, thanks for buying that. Or thanks for doing that. Thanks for picking up deodorant for us. That's just something he does and it's natural to him to just kind of do it but I need to remember to say thank you you know even for like quote-unquote little things and so I do think that's something that we do well and I think you've definitely grown in that like you said you're used to like oh that's just what you do nobody has to say thank you but you've gotten better accepting thank you and better at saying it too yeah, that acceptance of a thank you was a big thing for me. I'm yeah. like, oh my goodness, what are you thinking before? Like, yeah. you, know, you you walk around without the order, you're going to be musty. Like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Right. But yeah, like me just saying thank you and you'd be like, oh, you're welcome. Rather than like, girl, whatever, it's fine. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm just going to do it anyway. Like, or whatever. So that's good. All right. Number four, they respond generously to their partner's bid for attention. I thought this was a big one. A bid for connection or attention is an attempt to get attention, affection, or acceptance. Examples would be like you saying, how do I look? And then your partner actually responding. If you reach out for a hug or sexual intimacy, sharing a link or a joke while responding to these bids generously, successful couples do not have to respond positively a hundred percent of the time. I thought this one was like the most interesting and also for me, the most true Because I think this idea of how to be successful, like five habits of long-term successful couples is that when you're in a long-term relationship or like for us, we're in a marriage, like we've stood before God and our family to 
just said we're going to be together forever. It can be easy over time to just kind of like ignore your partner or just be like, oh, that's just him. That's what he do or, you know, whatever. But I feel when your partner is reaching out to you, when your partner texts you, you got to text back when they call you, you got to call back when they send you a link and say, look at this on Instagram. You should respond. I feel like this is one that's easy to be like, oh, I'll get to that next week or I'll respond to him later. Or it's easy to just kind of like ignore because you know they're always going to be there. But a habit of long-term successful relationships is generously responding to your partner's bids of affection. When you see them get dressed saying you look nice, when you see them smile and say, oh, I love your laugh, you know, like generously doing that. I think it's one that's easy to kind of forget and fall off on. But I think that makes sense to me that that's a habit of a long-term successful I like where you started to say, and you corrected yourself to say generously, but genuinely is something that yeah. should be included in that too. Yeah, I agree. Right? You don't want to do these things robotically. You want to be genuine about it. You want to be able to re- be ready to respond to your partner in that way. And also recognizing that sometimes may not be the time for me to respond to you. I'm not feeling well. I'm not interested right now because I'm dealing with something else. So I definitely understand and get that. Yeah. And I feel like Dre sends me five memes a day and and he calls me four times a day (laughs) and he expects me to respond and answer every time. And I'm like, babe, I'm working. Promptly, promptly. I'm I'm calling you to tell you the juice on the street. So you should be ready to hear. Yeah, for sure. I think I've learned to just make space for that in my day. (laughs) like make space for that and just know that like that's just him doing a bid for attention you know bidding for connection and that's important even if in my mind I'm like this boy don't even want nothing you know what I'm saying like that's just his bid for attention and his bid for connection and in order for our relationship to be long term really last like I need to honor that right thank you number five the fifth and final one says they're playful and they never stop dating they can laugh together they don't take themselves too seriously they always understand that a healthy long-term relationships are not always eventful and not always exciting but they have realistic expectations Mm -hmm. and take extra time and effort to rekindle the connection and the excitement. I do think we do a good job of laughing. Life is too serious. Every time you look, somebody dies. Somebody doing something. Yeah. You got to not laugh at the deaths and that kind of stuff, but just laugh at the the moments that you can have good fun laughter. Like, yes, I think we do a good job of laughing and dating and and being in these streets like the young folks say. Yeah. And you bring a lot of fun and joy and laughter to our relationship. You're hilarious. And you're always like, oh, we should go to do this thing or we should, you know, y'all do this fun thing. Like you bring a lot of that to our relationship. So I love you for that. And I'm, I'm really grateful for oh, that. That is really nice. Thank you. You're welcome. What I will say about all of these things, it, that is true, is that yes, they are uh, factors in, in healthy long-term relationships. But one of the things I think is missing and it's a connection between all of them Mm. is that you have to evolve with your partner, Mm -hmm. right? You know, no relationship is a monolith. So you're going to have to evolve as your partner evolves. Yeah. So I think that is the true key is learning how to evolve with your partner. Yeah. And I think that, but it's so hard. It's so hard to do that because part of you is like, you want things to stay the same, you know, whatever, like you're living your life and then they switching it up and you're like, wait a minute, you're changing. Like, why are you changing? What's going on with you? And of course you committed to evolve with them, but then it's like, they evolve without you. And it's, what do you do there? Or you're changing and you're like, I'm just trying to live my life. And they're just, you switching it up. You a new person now or whatever, you know, I don't know. Like it, like, I feel like that's true. And that's probably the hardest part of having a long-term successful relationship is evolving together. And I think that it's not just that you have to understand that they're going to evolve, but that you all need to be evolving together. And if you out here evolving out of the relationship, Mm -hmm. then that's a problem. Like, so I'm evolving to a single person. Like what? Like I'm evolving to going out by myself and never including you. Like that's not. But I think as you evolve, you have to communicate, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, so for an example, I'm not saying this with us, but you know, as we 
evolve as a couple, you know, right now we can stay out late, right? It's nothing for us to be out late and be bright eyed, bushy tail in the morning. Mm -hmm. At some point, yeah, our bodies are going to be like, hold up, wait a minute. <laughs> you can't do that. Yeah. And it's likely going to hit one of us before it hits the other, mm -hmm. right? And so like me communicating, like, I don't think I can do these late night rendezvous runs in 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 the streets of dc anymore yeah, yeah. can we at least do it once a month maybe yeah. not three times a do a day party Let's yeah do a day party. just those simple things like communicating those uh those changes and those evolutions i think that is also important too yeah not just changing with your partner but actually communicating like hey i, I noticed that you're changing i noticed yeah. that you're no longer liking this like what's going on like yeah you know that's good that's good so we digress, but if you want to check out these five healthy habits of long-term successful couples, follow Self Work Co. on Instagram, um, check out her latest post. Um, it's been a really popular one, and I think it's actually one that has been really helpful for us in having a good conversation in our relationship. So next up is TVT, and this week I'm excited to talk about a new show I'm watching. It's called East New York. It's on CBS. I don't even know how I came across this show, but I'm really excited about it. Watch the first couple of episodes, and it's good. There's a black like lieutenant captain person in a police precinct in East New York. She's a black woman. And she is like in charge of the police in this district. She has, of course, a host of other police who report to her, detectives. It's a pretty diverse cast. And yeah, I just like to see Black women leading things. Y'all know I love a good cop show. I love a good detective show. And CBS like is a sleeper. Like I feel like the girls don't be really paying attention to CBS, but CBS consistently has some of the best dramas on TV that I feel like I'm not watching. So I'm going to give CBS like they flowers and they do and I'm going to spend a little bit more time watching CBS. There's a new show called The FBI's on there that I haven't watched. I low-key, by low-key, I mean high-key, like Bob Loves Abby Shola. And I like think that's a hilarious comedy. I've been meaning to watch The Neighbors on there with Cedric the Entertainer. So I'm just going to be diving into CBS. So check out future episodes where I'm talking more about this. I would say Dre watches none of these shows with me. <laughs> we are big on NBC and ABC shows mm -hmm. that we watch together, but like we don't watch any CBS shows together. So The Good Fight. Oh yeah, CBS that was show. a CBS show. Yeah, I hate that that went off. That's a No, it's on Paramount now. Oh, okay. They switched it over to Paramount, but Paramount is like a subsidiary of CBS. Oh, I don't know if I realized mm -hmm. that. Okay, well then I'm like gonna have Peacock, to- Peacock, NBC. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm gonna have to check that out. But you've been watching lots of HBO Max and Netflix documentaries. Mm -hmm. I know you watched the Maryland one, you watched the Dahmer one, you watched Elvis on mm -hmm. HBO Max. So do you want to talk a little bit about those? I would say these are all white people too to be exact, but I, I would say the Marilyn Monroe documentary on Netflix, that was an interesting look. It really gave a, a deep dive look into Marilyn Monroe's Norma Jean is her real name, her life and her struggle with mental illness and the pressure from society to be the sexualized figure. And it was very, very good. I would also say the Elvis movie that was on HBO Max, that was real good because my boy Tom Hanks is in there. Yeah. You know, any, anything that Tom Hanks play and I'm a watch. <laughs> but he did a really, really good job in telling Elvis the story because I only had a one-way vision of who Elvis was and it allowed me to have a deeper understanding of his connection, one, to the music that he was doing and two, to his connection to the Black community, mm -hmm, right? And what part that played in, in his understanding of music and being able to even perform. Mm -hmm. Like he was inspired by a lot of Black artists and the church as well. 
And the Jeffrey Dahmer thing, that was wild. To yeah. Me. That was wild that this man was able to do all of this and be able to like be a predator in the black and brown community. That was wild to me. I would say the last one, Jeffrey Dahmer, if your head needs to be in a certain headspace, be able to watch that. Yeah. And I watched it not with the intent to glorify this killer, but to understand exactly who did he do harm to. I don't think those black men that he did harm to, that people said anything about them mm-hmm. enough. You mm-hmm. just hear so much about him. Yeah. Um, instead of those uh, his victims do you feel like this what is the tv drama what did it do a better job of talking about the victims I, I did i think it it talked about those victims and highlights some of those things but not in a way that the families might have wanted them mm-hmm. to be highlighted mm-hmm. it was more so the gruesomeness of what jeffrey did mm-hmm. i like that the portrayal of the neighbor what we consider like the nosy nash neighbor like niecy nash really did a good job of dramatizing and bringing that person to life and you know in true story that person really like died of, yeah. like agony i wish there was another way that we tell the story but you know the way the story is told it was interesting enough for me to want to watch and so if you have the mind space for that i would say check it out and definitely let ashley know because you know i've not in her dms or anything that nature. let her know what your thoughts are yes that. yes and let me know if we should have andre back if you really loved having him on the show if you'd like to hear insight into our relationship. He's an expert in lots of other things outside of being a husband. Um, But if you'd love to have him back on the show, yeah, definitely hop in my DMs. Let me know that. I'd love to just hear from you all about that. And thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. This was so fun. Thanks for being here, honey. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. School's out. Class dismissed.